Monday. RawMikeRichards.com. Broadcasting live from 234 King Street East in downtown Toronto. Out of the Pacific Junction Hotel. And what we find this Monday morning is the reflection upon the tragedy with the Humboldt Broncos, which affected uh, the entire country, uh, if not more. And certainly the hockey community rocked. And I think for Canadians in general, having a real association. I mean, this is very close to home for literally almost every family I can think of who have spent time on those buses, who have had children, uh, wives, and daughters on those very same buses where we saw 15 young people, of course, managers, coaches, 15 in a single accident where they were T-boned. And since that moment, as the details uh, of the story and the stories of their lives uh, continue to come across to all of us nationally, it is uh, one of the more hurtful, uh, one of the more painful I think, uh, incidences that we've had. Um, And I just think the outpouring uh, for that town, keeping in mind, as Dave will tell you, having experienced much of that junior hockey that we're talking about, you'll see as you're watching the show some of the faces of those that passed away. All these 19-year-olds, those that had dreams that uh, will never come true. But the fact is, for the time that I spent in the prairies, uh, for the time that I spent in Saskatchewan speaking at various events, they are one of the most uh, wonderful people that I've ever met. Um, individual families, they just, it just, they invite, literally invite you into their own home. But the most important thing I think to remember is their resiliency. And that is basically what I found with almost every incident of, you know, prairie life that I can think of. Um, if they don't have what is needed in their towns, Dave, they simply go out, find the money themselves. You know, they don't wait for a government handout because for the most part in Saskatchewan, you're not getting anything. Um, going to places like Etonia, Saskatchewan, where I spoke many times, where um, I didn't stay. There. They did have a quote-unquote hotel, but by the end of it, I was just staying with the Somerville family, Dave, because that's what you do in the prairies. It is so uh, wonderful. And yet, at the same time, thinking about all those uh, young men uh, that will not be coming home, and of course, you had many. You had some. You had at least three. I think they from St. Albert. I think someone from Airdrie. I think Airdrie. Yep. There was another young man from Lethbridge. So, Dave, you actually uh, covered this league for a period of time when you lived out there. Yeah, I lived in Saskatoon. It was uh, my first. Uh my first job in television, I think it was 1999, somewhere around there. Um, and one of the one of the mainstays is covering the SJHL and how popular it is. Uh, it um, it's arguably one of the best junior leagues. Uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan always had that the two champions face off for the to to win the rights to go to the RBC Cup. And it was always Saskatchewan, and it, it, and you look down the record books, um, it usually is Saskatchewan just because of how traveled these kids are. And you look at this roster; this is no different than any other roster in the entire province, Alberta, Manitoba. You go to destinations like this to learn hockey. I don't need to tell you about the Notre Dame program in in Saskatchewan and uh, how many towns have not only junior teams have WHL teams have have every AAA team imaginable uh it is one of those things where it is the foundation of the entire province and this is uh when I heard about this and I was working on Hockey Central Saturday so a lot of our show had to do uh with this um it was it was really tough it was one of the toughest shows I've ever done I've been a part of a couple of these tragic deaths, uh, but nothing to this extent where it affects um, young kids, um, young males. And of course, and it's not no disrespect to the coaching staff or broadcasters, people. Um, it affected so many and so many families as well. Uh, across the uh, nation and in uh, parts, I think uh, south of the border even, they had those tributes uh, pre-game. Uh, they happened with the Chicago-Winnipeg game where they got together in a circle at center ice. But this was something that was uh, common 
in support of Humboldt. So you saw Winnipeg. I think uh, you also saw, is it Lethbridge that we have next? The Lethbridge Hurricanes? And there's Brandon, I believe, they were playing, was it not? Uh, also in uh, Calgary, you had the same thing. And again, uh, with the Kingston Frontenacs, who it's the Colts, I believe, they're into uh, game number four of their series. But it is so close to home. I mean, you, you, I'm going out to Alberta in a matter of, what, a couple of weeks to do the jeans and jersey for the Okotoks Oilers. I saw a uh, memo that had gone out via the Oilers and their president, Jeff Stewart, one of our good friends at DKI. You know, there, there's seemingly nothing that Stewball's not a part of. That's, that's what I find so incredible. And, of course, so they're reaching out. But for the most part, they are saying... If you really want to help, just go to the GoFund. Go to the GoFund. Within, what, 24, 48 hours, that thing is up to about $4.5 million. Which is awesome. Staggering. Just fantastic. Yeah. The goal was a lot less, and they're going to they're gonna double it. Yeah. Maybe triple it. Um, there was uh, a moment I saw yesterday where uh, it was Don Cherry and uh, Ron McLean went into the hospital to see some of the kids. Uh, it's certainly hard for, for a guy like uh, Don Cherry just because... He, his whole life has been about, you know, reaching those young young men and turning them into men. Um, so that was uh, very moving, I thought, yesterday. Ron McLean, I thought, was excellent in his pregame. Um, and, and, again, a guy who's traveled and, and, and knows what this world is. It's also a guy like Ron McLean. It was very, uh, um, very real for a lot of people, and I think that's probably why this is so difficult. And, um, you know, for anyone who has uh, driven uh, across the prairies, uh, you know, when we talk about uh, buses, what what it's like. The one thing I would say is that in Ontario, for the most part, if I'm traveling on a bus and I'm playing on a junior team, for the most part, we you're up and down the 401, Dave. You're up and down the 401. If you have to go up to North Bay, if you're going up to, you know, the Sioux, there are sort of major roads. You're going up Highway 11. It's You always kind of know where you are, and you're never really that far away from population, which means you're kind of always with it. You're kind of always aware when you drive. Like you have to, you said this is a this is a bus league. Yes, I mean, these guys are busing, uh, and they're covering a lot of area. There, there is such isolation on those roads. If you do it, look, just a, a year ago, I went across to to, to drop uh, my son's car off to him in Calgary and drove across. And Dave, just that feeling of isolation when you're in the prairies. You could be hundreds of miles away from, and I mean even gas stations. It's a different kind of driving with different kinds of conditions. Now, I don't know the full extent of the accident, and i got to be honest, unless you're part, Dave, of the uh, RCMP that was there and everything else, all you're doing is speculation on something you may have read. So I, I, I have no desire to go about uh, the account of the accident itself. Just safe to say that the loss in their community in junior hockey for that town, for those parents, and quite honestly, Dave, for the country, it is a very painful moment. And um, I know people are doing their best to uh, to cope with it, but this is the kind of thing that it will take a generation, maybe generations. It will never be forgotten. Mm-hmm. But the pain of it, Dave, when you're that small, um, you know, it, it's going to take a very, very long time. And I know they have grief counseling, but it's something that will uh, probably affect this town forever. Yeah. Forever. It, it will. It will. It's... Um it's their uh it's their event that um you know what generations and generations will hand each other and and know about it and uh memorialize it every single year at this time um this this is the biggest tragedy to ever happen to a town like this and 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 i think it would fit under the same category to most towns of of something of this magnitude It, it completely wiped out an entire hockey program um and uh, and yeah, it's something that you know will never be forgotten, and and continues to be uh, memorialized uh, to this day. I saw Mike uh, Babcock's uh, response to it, and that was even hard. To, that was hard to watch. Sure, it was. that he was yep. obviously visibly shaken. He was very emotional, giving that, knowing very very well that you know uh, for people that are from there, and there's there's lots of them that you would know, not not just hockey players. But, you know, the, 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 the Darren Detitions of the world, mm-hmm. uh, you think of so many people that uh, 
Uh, Darren Dreger, I think, actually covered. I think it was the Wheat Kings. I think he did Brandon. He was on those buses for a couple of years. Well, he was, and he was. He's from Saskatchewan yeah. originally. Yes. Yeah. So you know, Martine Guyard, who, who's right. who's just outside of Saskatoon. Uh, she's from the area. Uh, you know, the, Darren Millard is uh, is a is a small town Prairie Manitoba boy, uh, just outside of Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's you know you know what bus riding is all about um and i'm not just subjecting it to just the prairies you know it it happens here the ohl is a traveling bus league so is the qmjhl for the most part but there's something different about the prairies because it starts when these kids are in in triple a at the age of 12 because they are traveling town to town to town it's not you don't you don't go to saskatchewan and live in a city or a town or a village or whatever you want to call it and there's five AAA teams playing out of the one town. It, it's it's you have your town team, and then every single surrounding place has their their AAA, their AA, their junior. Some of them have their WHL team. For example, you know, just look on the map. There's probably four or five WHL teams in that province, and it goes straight down, bus, 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 and only bus. The the sad thing for me is, here we are in April. I don't. I don't know of any snowstorm that happened because it, this this happened at five o'clock uh, in April. These guys have taken the bus through December storms, January storms. You know, it, so it just it boggles the mind of how this happened and and, and the the massive error that happened uh, in, in in one of the drivers in this in this uh, occasion. Well, um, you talk about and again by population. If you if you haven't been west of Oakville. If you're from Ontario, and, that, and that's a lot of people. A lot of people just have not. If they have, they've flown maybe to Calgary, bypassed everything. But a lot of people have sure. no idea what it would be like to, to drive and, and to be maybe even in the province of Saskatchewan. But I can tell you, if you're from Ontario like I am, and you would, you know, so you drive the 401. So you're going down that corridor. And talk about junior hockey. So you're going from Toronto, and you're passing the Guelphs and the Kitcheners and the Londons. You're going down to Windsor. These are all... If you're in Saskatchewan or and Manitoba mm-hmm. is pretty much in that category as yep. well. So you have a couple cities, maybe. So so in Saskatchewan, so you've got Regina and Saskatoon. Sa- Saskatoon technically right now is 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 bigger than Regina. Saskatoon yep. is 246,215,000 2, in Regina. After that, there is a massive drop and you start talking about places like like Moose Jaw and Prince Albert. 30 some odd thousand. After that, when you get to Swift Current and start dropping down to Estevan, which a lot of people would know, uh, places, Home of the Bruins, yeah, Weyburn, we're talking ten thousand people. So Humboldt is six thousand people, which, as much as people are reporting this small community, I there's a lot of smaller communities than 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 Humboldt. That's the way it's made up. That's that's why when Dave talks about when you're young and you want to play hockey, you got to travel because those you know uh, Etonia. Uh, or Maple Grove, they're probably they don't have a junior team. You have to travel to where the hockey is, which means it is a bus culture, and I think that's what's so hard. I think for that area is they know you think that's going to stop, can't they can't no. they they have to go on. So there is going to be this feeling I would think all the time about safety. Now again, I don't know the the exact details, and it wouldn't even purport to to to, to know exactly what happened. But it's just safe to say that it is a tragedy. Uh, our hearts go out to those families in the community and the communities from which they came from, like we said, like the St. Alberts, like Airdrie, like Lethbridge, because at some point they are going to have to rebuild. The only thing I can think of similar, even though they talked about the, was it Swift Current? Was it Swift Current all those years ago? Yep. Uh, that was Joe Sackett's team, I, I want to say. Uh, in, in, and, and Sheldon Kennedy was actually on that team, too. Was it Joe or Brian? I thought it was Brian Sackett. I'm trying to remember uh, at the time, but definitely yeah. Sheldon. Sheldon yeah, Kenny Sheldon was Kennedy there. Was part of it. Was yeah. on to that, uh, but, but it's probably like Marshall. Did, if, for those of you who are familiar with the program and, right. and saw the movie, it it the town stops. You 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 stuck a a, a a knife into the heart of how they live, so we just got to be there for them. And the, and and once again, if you feel so inclined, the GoFund is there. It continues to um, uh, accumulate. And I can't think of a better way to, um, you know, show your uh, support for the families and the losses, if depending on what you can give. But at least you're doing something, and uh, we certainly appreciate that. 
You're watching rawmikerichards.com, uh, either on the dedicated uh, YouTube channel, of course, on the site itself. We appreciate the fact if you have uh, yourself subscribed because, uh, what do you got, a 48 hours? No, less than that, mm -hmm. until uh, the NHL hockey playoffs if you want to become a part of the pool. I think we're up to about 70 teams at this point. It's pretty good. Yeah. Now, you can have up to three. So, David Bastel, I have you chosen your teams yet i have not chosen my teams yet i wanted to see the finalization of uh what happened yesterday with, and you're sneaky with boston and, yes and you're sneaky i am i am yeah. uh and boston laying a complete egg <laughs> with a full roster against yeah. the florida panthers which was hilarious um hey good luck to you you know i, I think I, I think i like boston in in that series but uh, careful what you wish for if you were playing uh poorly on purpose because if I'm looking at a matchup, if I'm the Boston Bruins, I'm wanting to play the New Jersey Devils over the Toronto Maple Leafs any day of the week. So I don't understand that. And, you know, a golden opportunity. You have your starting goaltender who was rested the night before, a full lineup playing against a team with <laughs> that had nothing to play for. They were finished. The, the season was done. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't get well, it. Well, if we're going to start taking a look at uh, the play, which, again, most of it we sort of – knew what was was coming anyway but uh if you're looking at some of those uh playoff matchups um the one thing i would say about the east at least to, to my way of thinking is that i don't know if there's one you know team that is instantly you know they just come up with the group of death i don't know necessarily if if that even exists if if uh why is that music stop mm -hmm. oh there we go <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't not today computer mm -hmm. don't not not today is there one team in the East you go, wow, you just certainly don't want to play them? I don't know if that exists this year. I don't know if I'm putting Tampa Bay in that category. No, I'm not I'm not I'm not putting Tampa Bay in that category. I actually think New Jersey could beat Tampa Bay, to tell you the honest truth. I don't think that's gonna happen. If you sit there and say, uh, give me a team right now and you have to bet it. But I'm not saying it's for a uh, for Cobb necessarily. I, no, 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 not at all. One team I will say, speaking of the number one seed, and, and we'll go through our previews on uh, Wednesday because we don't want to get to it now exactly. Yeah. We're just kind of digesting everything. But I'll throw out this little gem for now as far as upset central. The Columbus Blue Jackets will beat the Washington Capitals in the first round of the playoffs. Guaranteed. It's a much better team. They play tougher as a team. And Washington right now doesn't know who the hell they're going to put in net. Not a, good, I not a love, good start. I love the Blue Jackets to win that series. Sports Interaction has them as serious underdogs. Ooh. You want to jump on that now before the money starts flowing in and, and it starts to even out a little bit. The Columbus Blue Jackets, major upset, Washington Capitals in the two versus seven. It's going to be the Bruins and the Leafs, which we pretty much figured was going to happen anyway. Um, if... The Leafs, and, and again, you know, they're going to look – they do put down season series, so, yep. you know, 3-1-0 is pretty good for them. Oh, this, it's very good. But this is the playoffs. This is so – you can take that number and just throw it in the garbage. Uh, but the fact remains, though, as opposed to other years – I'll be honest, last year, the Leafs going into Washington, I was like, ooh, this is not going to be good. Sure. And they showed up. That's the one thing about the second season, which is the playoffs. You just don't quite know. I'm not going to be surprised if this thing goes at least six games. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's it with a young team like the Leafs, where you've seen you see some really great. You've seen probably what the future is going to be, and then the current sometimes mental mistakes they make. And I'll be honest, for uh, for Freddie, he's got to be consistently good in every game from here on in. Yep. Which means no, oh, Freddie had one of those bad games. You do that, the series is gonna be over. Bingo. And Freddie can't give up the Freddie-like goals yes. that he gives up every once in a while, where it's like a you know, shadowing and uh, ghosts of Vesa Toskala. You can't do that. Russell, we got to ask that hard question. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you have full confidence in uh, Frederick as we go to the uh, Russ cam? Uh, I do. Yeah, of course you do. I have no confidence way. in him. He thinks he's going to play well? Sorry, go on. No, I th <laughs> I'm just building on their playoff series last year against Washington where, again, going into last year, I was like, I'll be happy if they get past four games against Washington, and they played them really well. I think they've played Boston really well over the last two seasons, uh, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough series, and Thursday can't come soon enough, honestly. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward for to it. By the way, uh, uh, as we talk about some of these uh, matchups, I will be with the legendary Bob Nicholson tonight. We'll be up at uh, Angus Glen. It is the Wizard Foundation. I think it's 30 years, Bob said, uh, with their commissioner, Joe Bowen. Like it. So uh, myself and uh, Bonesy will be doing the uh, hosting, I guess, as people are, are are doing their draft tonight. They've raised just a ton of money. So it's, uh, it's a great foundation. And uh, always a great night. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, and I'll be really sort of curious to see what people, you know, see in their minds. Because sometimes there'll be guys who just, they're in love with the team. Mm-hmm. And that's the only team, and that's the only players that they're taking. <laughs> be careful. Like, do you think that you can get away with a team that's not going to go as far, but that one player who's going to score so many goals maybe in one series... That's hard to do. That's a Ted. That's a Ted Nesbitt uh, formula, right? There. Oh, it is. Because me and him have been going back and forth on Texas, and he keeps on telling me about how Nathan McKinnon's gonna have a nice playoff, and I'm like, he's gonna have a sensational four games. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. It not uh, may not be that long. But when I'm when I'm betting, when I'm betting on a on a Derek Brassard who probably is going to have 20 games. I like his chances of getting more points than Nathan McKinnon. So. I mean, enjoy the points. I mean, I, I'm sure, you know, against Nashville, uh, could we pencil them down for four points? I think we can. I think we can. Okay, I'm done. This is known as sarcasm. By the way, Pittsburgh Penguins will take on the Philadelphia Flyers. That's uh, that's Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Running wild. I look forward to it. I hope it's a freak show. I hope it's a circus of... of uh, I hope the Penguins crush the Flyers. Helmets coming off, and but the crowds, you know, look, these are the kind of matchups that I love. Except if you're Philadelphia, you're playing a Penguin team that is probably good enough to. I'm looking at it and thinking uh, I, I, I like them to go pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the Penguins actually. So what will happen is. Uh, Columbus beats Washington. Pittsburgh beats uh, Philadelphia. Then you have the old-fashioned Pittsburgh-Columbus matchup. Pittsburgh goes to the conference final. Uh, there's that hiccup. Washington can't beat Pittsburgh. Columbus can't beat Pittsburgh. Philadelphia might be the best chance at beating Pittsburgh, but they're not going to do it. I just think that you know when you're when you're talking about Washington or any team, if you have question marks in goal, you're mm-hmm. done. You're finished. And you see question marks as far as the Flyers are concerned, as the Capitals are concerned. The best two goaltenders in that division right now would be uh, Sergei Bobrovsky mm-hmm. in the Columbus net and Matt Murray in the Pittsburgh net. Bobrovsky can get weirdly hot, too. Yep. Like, weirdly hot. Uh, going to the Western Conference, you got uh, Nashville Predators, Colorado Avalanche. If I'm taking a look in terms of... M- Maybe a four cob. That's the best possible. That's outcome. what I'm looking at. Hey, maybe Colorado wins a game, right? I mean, you hope you hope they win one of the games at home just to push it to a game five. But I would be shocked, 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 shocked if there is a ticket that says game six between the Avalanche and the Predators. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, obviously, there are certain people that are very uh, excited about this matchup. Very excited. Can't wait. And to all get those this people going. would be from the province of Manitoba. Absolutely. That starts on Wednesday, by the way. It's a seven o'clock start, Eastern time, six o'clock in Winnipeg because of television ratings and how they have to accommodate that. I say five games. I say five games. Yeah. I'll 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 say generously six at the most, but I'll be surprised if it goes to that. I think in terms of first round matchups, like if you're just a hockey fan, you know, right? So you, you kind of have to take yourself out of the I'm only watching one team. But let's say, so let's say it's Dave. So Dave's going to watch uh, the, the Jets for obvious reasons. I think there's other ones that, that grab my attention. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, just because of that matchup. Yep. And I certainly, the Leafs in Boston, I am really looking forward to seeing that one. But on that menu, the Golden Knights and the Kings. Because mm-hmm. the, 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 the hockey world's probably going, all right. Yeah, we saw your record. We get it. Yeah, you're an incredible story. Now you got to play the Kings, and a lot some of those I'd say a lot of those guys, but there's some players who they're going to try to grind that thing down, Dave. To uh, yep. if this if this were a football matchup, this is where the L.A. Kings are going to play smash mouth football. They're going to run on every play in the pouring rain, and they hope that there's mud on the field. They do not want to get into a track meet. They want to slow this thing down. It's kind of what they're calling. Even though Daryl's not there, they nope. they still play that kind of slower game so the thing is does it make a difference all of a sudden because we put the word playoffs in front of it does that change the scenario 
It very well could, I think. Uh, I think we could be looking at another scenario where a two gets upset by a seven. We'll talk more about that on Wednesday. But the best series in the Western Conference, and I wish I had the ability to stay up this late, is San Jose and Anaheim. This San Jose is and I'm, the best matchup in the Western and Conference. Y- and, y- and you know what happens? It's just because of, again, geography when these games start. There'll be a huge portion of the Eastern Seaboard that won't even stay up to see nope. the games. No. Nope. Because these games sometimes end at 1 o'clock in the morning. I just can't do it. Don't have it. So are we, <laughs> are we seeing um, Gibson versus uh, Jones in goal? That's what we're seeing right now. we gotta, we got to check the health of uh, John Gibson. He has been you nursing. you never know. Like, I mean, yeah, he has been nursing some injuries. He had a really good month of March. Um, that's, that's the interesting thing. So he has to play. Ryan Miller played the last game of the season and got the shutout. Ryan Miller isn't your Buffalo Sabres, Ryan Miller, so you can't sit there and say, oh, easy, easy fix. Ryan Miller starts and goes. It doesn't work like that. They need John Gibson as best in this one. The thing I like about the Sharks, too, is, and I, and I hate saying it, and I've hated saying it for the last month and a half, but Evander Kane actually looks like what he was supposed to be when he was drafted. So the guy's been like, the guy has been. And I, I hate this. I hate what I'm saying right now. The guy has been the best trade deadline pickup yes. this year. Yes. And I, I would, I would try my best to look for somebody else. Maybe a Paul Stasny. Maybe, maybe like an Ian Cole. Maybe, you know, but no, no. Evander Kane has been the best pickup by far of this NHL season. But here's the thing: if you're that management, this, if I'm them. This is the only thing that I'm looking forward to. Like, if you can give me this run, yep. I don't know how excited I'm about him in July. Well, <laughs> be, that's be, the thing. That's the thing. What, like, what about if he scores? Okay, what about if he goes two playoff series, or maybe three? What about if Evander Kane puts up 12 goals in the playoffs? And then all the goals he scored for you, you know, you're, you're sitting there. It's almost that Marion Gabrick scenario when he was with the Kings. He gets traded over. All of a sudden, Gabrick finds the fountain of youth for three months. He does everything for them, helps them win a Stanley Cup. The Kings sit there and say, please <laughs> sign this multi-year contract at a gazillion dollars. And the next year, he craps the bed. And now Ottawa's because, on, on the hook for be, that. Because I, I honestly think that he's going to be one of these guys that if I'm the management, I'm saying, Dave, I think we should get Evander Kane. Dave will say, no fucking way. <laughs> no way. There's no, I'm going, Dave, Dave, put the chair down. Here, just, just hear me out. If we invite Evander, invite him, which is not how you say it, but invite him to come over. Do you know what he could do in the playoffs? And Dave goes, I, I don't care. It's kind of like the spurned girlfriend, right? Because yep. he had so much hopes. Beforehand, bingo, and he really disappointed the girl. I mean, really disappointed the girl. He showed up in Instagram with other other girls. You know, he's got money in Vegas. He's doing all kinds of stuff because I think I'm saying, okay, all right, let's hear me out on this. Then let's just entertain the fact that for the playoff run, he could be really, really good, and we'll leave it at that. We'll make our decision in June or July. Yeah, and reluctantly, I'd say okay. Yeah, because I think that's exactly what happened. I mean, I'm not in. We, yeah, that, that, that was kind of Mike Richards' theater, right? You know there. what? That actually, yeah. that may have been the entire uh, boardroom of the San Jose yeah. Sharks, because oh. you know somebody sitting there going, "He's a head case. Yeah. He's going to kill the locker room. The dressing room's going to fail because of this one guy." Yeah, they would have. They would have had to have this conversation. Finally, oh, yeah. they would have said, just like Jerry Seinfeld, "All right, <laughs> all right, <laughs> we'll take Newman," because. They're, they're rolling the dice that yep. he can be that thing. And we said, look, there is always this honeymoon period. They just need like a longer honeymoon than what oh, yeah. he was used to. Do they ever? Yeah, they need that. And you know what? I think they just might be lucky enough to get it. But that's not saying that they're going to turn around and he's going to go, well, what do you think, guys? God, I got 13 goals there in the playoffs. We went to the conference finals. We didn't make it. What do you think? I'm going, yeah, get on the bus. <laughs> what? Yeah, you heard me. See you later. I think that could be a possibility. Uh, you're watching RawMikeRichards.com. Uh, either on the dedicated YouTube channel or, of course, our website. Now, make sure that you have subscribed to the website, to rawmikerichards.com, because I don't know if another email blast is coming out. Here's what's weird about the email blast, what I found, because this happens every time we do it. When when an e-blast, as they call it, goes out, as it comes on, if it's on your, it's, and sometimes it's on your phone, you know what it says at the top? 
this is from a mailing list. Ooh. Do you wish to unsubscribe? We've had like nine people unsubscribe. I don't know if you realize that this is just, you know, this even happened when we gave out the blade tape free gift. Yep. Uncle Lou unsubscribed. He goes, how come I'm not getting the free uh, the free blade tape? Would you? Well, I saw this one thing and I unsubscribed. You mean the thing with my face on it? Did you not clue in that this maybe was something from... Way to go, from, Uncle Lou. From, so he had to go back and subscribe again, and which is what people do. So take a look. Don't just necessarily just... Because uh, legally, you have to say no. subscribe or unsubscribe. And yeah. like, get rid of that. Yeah. Ted goes, no, you can't do that. Just then make it really scribbly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, no, the, no, you can't. It, it, it's by law. So make sure you read it through if you want to be in it. Uh, otherwise, you're just out. And I don't understand why you would uh, be part of uh, the Richards Army and then opt out because we asked if you want to be part of a playoff pool where you can win 500 bucks. That makes no sense. Bingo. Though. Like, make, makes no sense. So if you've done that, just go back and subscribe again. Uh, you have until, what would they say, 7 p.m., uh, Ted, uh, 7 p.m. on uh, Wednesday, obviously, before the playoffs start. And I will tell you that I have two teams in. Hmm. I don't think I'm going to do a third team. Why not? Because this is the kind of fair three, three, and three, giving man three, I am. Three, three, three. How many do you have, Russ? Yeah, how many, Rusty? Come on, say it. Seven? Uh, I haven't made one yet. R. Graham oh, and P. Graham. Come on. Hasn't made one. W. Graham. Well, Q. Graham. We're going to try Dave Hempstead. X. And, and Graham. And we haven't had uh, him in a while. Nope. We're talking masters, folks. Yes, we certainly are talking masters. Patty McPatty Reed. My Ricky Fowler, 76 to 1, didn't come in. One stroke. Thanks. Didn't need it. Yeah. Dave Street. Dave Hempstead, Mike Richards on rawmikerichards.com. You're live, baby. You're live. Oh, fantastic. That puts all the pressure on right away. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you, you, you've played, you're you in the golf scene. You know how it is. You're stepping up to that first tee box, and they go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from Thornhill, Canada, Dave Hempstead. <laughs> They go, yeah, it's not the name. Yeah, but, yeah. And I, my coach at uh, Missouri uh, State used to say, "When you, I don't care what's going on in your life. When you step on that first tee, you better be ready to play. Well, here's the thing, too. I'll say, Dave, I mean, look, uh, you know, there are a lot of derogatory uh, comments uh, about uh, Pat Reed I saw uh, texting on Twitter. Uh, they were not uh, flattering comments necessarily. But I will say this about Pat Reed. He, uh, he's not afraid. You know, I think a lot of people who, if they're not watching a lot of golf, may not be sure of who this guy actually is. But he's a pretty aggressive player for someone that doesn't have maybe the uh, the glitz or, or the notoriety that someone else is going to have going into a tournament. But he's actually a pretty good player who can win a lot and does win a lot. This obviously is his biggest win. But this this by no means, Dave, is is some sort of fluke or or or, or you know sort of a blip on the radar screen. He is that good. Yeah, I I had him in my pool. Oh well, there, well, there and uh, <laughs> it was an excruciating, excruciating few hours yesterday, <laughs> seeing if he was going to hang on with all those bandits charging at him. Uh, but no, he he certainly believes in himself. When you were watching yesterday, and you saw Jordan Spieth move up the charts, uh, Ricky moved up, John Rahm was pressuring. Did you at all think at one time because because they were tied? Did you think at one time that Patrick Reed was going to lose this? I thought we were heading to a playoff for sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a two-man or a three-man playoff. But uh, I thought it was going to be Reed and uh, Spieth for a minute there. Uh, and then I thought it was going to be Fowler, Reed, and uh, Spieth at, at 13. <clears throat> and then Ricky made that great birdie on 14. So then I thought, okay, now it's going to be a two-man playoff. Because where Reed was on 17, I didn't think he could two-putt. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and he's not. And, then he, uh, and he didn't. If he didn't hit the pin, he might not have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I just thought, you know, uh, for someone like yourself that's played at a high level of golf, when you're looking at those uh, greens, now I know there was some rain. Um, I don't know what they stimped at, but were the greens necessarily? Uh, I'm not saying a lot slower, but were they a little fairer than sometimes they can be? A touch. You could see it in the way the guys' shots were holding on the weekend, and how low the scores suddenly went. I mean, once you get a little moisture on them, those guys can just really attack the flag. So it's not so much how, how fast they're rolling so much as it is how soft they're receiving the shot. You know, and of all those guys, and I think each and every week, there's 
there's 10 or 15 guys that are capable at least of, of winning each and every tournament. But I look at Henrik Stenson and just sort of, you know, his build, the way he plays, the kind of game that he has, his understanding of, you know, shaping shots. How come Stenson hasn't won more often? Because he seems to have all those, uh, you know, I would say tangibles that usually make for, you know, a pretty substantial golfer. And he's good, but how come he's not great? Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are pretty great. I don't know when you think of Stenson. I don't think of him as an artist around the greens, and I think that's what you really need to be to win at Augusta. Uh, so with Stenson, I picture just this, you know, monster straight hitting down the fairway kind of ball player, very tactical. Uh, and uh, you need a little bit of magic to win at Augusta. Not saying he won't do it, he just hasn't so far. He actually doesn't have a great record there. One thing that I was kind of disappointed about because I thought there was going to be more of a charge from him was uh, Rory's 74 that he put up on the fourth day. Uh, where does that rank as far as disappointment of the day? Uh, oh, it was number one disappointment on the day. I don't know if you watched all the coverage. I mean, right on the first tee, he stepped up and blew one into right field off the foul pole. <laughs> and uh, so the, the air almost went out of the balloon immediately. Uh, you know, the only other thing I saw that was worse was on the second hole, Bubba Watson had a putt for Eagle that he putted into the bunker. Yeah. So, I mean, there was, those were two guys that I thought were really going to be storylines who both exited stage left almost immediately. Well, for, for Bubba Watson, I mean, I don't know, was he talking to a tree or something? Like, I, I don't, I mean, there are times where I just, uh, he's, he might be the most, I think if I'm looking at the tour, is he the most different cat that uh, that exists right now uh, on the tour, probably. And I don't even think he needs a tree to be talking. <laughs> uh, could, an empty field, he could still just be talking that way, and then he starts crying. Well, it was um, a yeah. tournament that had had a good finish, but I mean, I don't know how. He... Well, it was an anti. It was an anticlimactic finish, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you've had so many. Everyone, I think, wanted to play off. I mean, Fowler and Spieth were the the heroes so to speak. So when the villain can just two-putt for a win, it's a bit of a letdown after all that tension. Yeah, he's not really a, a scary-looking villain either, especially with a giant pink uh, golf shirt. I don't, I don't <laughs> the, the, the villain wasn't very scary, but I'll tell you what, when you got to come back from, what was it, nine strokes like uh, for Spieth, I mean, again, for these guys, it, that, that's just an insane amount of ground to catch up. And, and in, in the world of golf, do you just keep getting hotter? Or is it tough to maintain when you got to make up that kind of ground? Yeah, I, I mean, Spieth is a, a really I, – I don't know that I've seen, say, for you know, Jack and Tiger, seen a guy who can just seem to uh, ignore the ridiculousness of what he's trying to pull off and just continue to make – perfect shots i mean even the ones he hit to 15 feet in the air he's twirling the club and walking after him like i think he hit every shot perfect for about three hours there which is virtually impossible to do so he seems to have another gear if you remember the british open last year when he had to take that drop and do that weird ruling and all of it then the next hole he almost hit a hole in one then he made an 80 footer for eagle i mean that guy's got a different place he can go to on the planet in his brain well, and I guess you kind of need to at times. It's interesting watching uh, John Rahm there yesterday. Uh, I was golfing with Jeb Fink. Do you know Jeb? Do you know Jeb at all? I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah, he's in Alberta still, isn't he? Yes, he is. And he golfed with me one time. He said, he goes, you're amazing. I go, oh, thanks. He goes, no, no, let me finish. He said, I've never seen anyone golf, <laughs> golf that angry before. You're swearing in your backswing. Like, you haven't even hit the ball yet, and you're mad. Uh, and I look at John uh, Rahm yesterday, and, you know, after he went in the in the water, it was pretty apparent that he just could not turn that switch off, and he, he was putting mad. Like, he, he was just playing mad. And I think, you know, at some point we just assume that they're, they're basically robotic when they get to that level where they can turn it off. They're not like someone like myself. But it was, it was pretty obvious, I thought, to everybody that, that John just could not get um, that emotion kept in check. No, and, you know, it's really hard. I, I'm sure he hit what looked like a beautiful shot. And in that position, you got to be expecting – you have to make birdie. Absolutely have to. So when it goes into the water, I mean, your tournament's kind of over. So uh, should he have handled that with better composure? I don't know. He's only 23 or something. I know he looks 45, <laughs> but he's only 23 years old. So, you know, when you lose the Masters and you still have to play three holes – 
kind of hard to keep the smile on for everybody. Are you kind of surprised that uh, we didn't really see a great tournament from Tiger Woods considering what he brought to the table the last month leading into the Masters? Yeah, I'm abs- I had him slated to play much, much better. I thought when he and Phil played the practice round together, they were kind of saying, okay, kids, the men are here. We're going to pull the focus from the crowd. We're going to steal this energy. And I think they would have if they could have made a birdie. Yeah, But the fact that Tiger didn't birdie a par five that first round was just, okay, well then, thanks anyway. Thanks for coming. It's so exhausting when you don't get a little boost of goodwill from the golf course. It just drains you physically. If you don't play, you know, when you hit good shots and putts don't go in, and then your bad shots end up in horrible spots, it's really hard to stay positive. Really, really hard. Well, when you uh, see, you know, and I see that they already have obviously predictions for for the U.S. Open, but I don't know if necessarily, you know, you take take away from from the Masters as a tournament and engage somehow with what was done there and apply it to the U.S. Open because to me the U.S. Open always tends to be, you know, it's its own universe depending on where they play it. Uh, I don't know if that necessarily transcends into, you know, I don't think I'm necessarily saying Patrick Reed for the U.S. Open based on because I actually I don't where's it being played this year the U.S. Open. What uh, course are we uh, talking about? Uh, I don't have enough time. Yeah. Is it Pebble yeah. this year? Are they yeah. back to Pebble? Uh, and that's why I think that uh, the, 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 they tend to be, at least the hard thing to me when I look at golf is those courses, because they, you know, depending on where it is, um, it may favor the kind of game you play. So I don't think you necessarily say, well, this is it. Now all of a sudden Patrick Reed's going to go on a huge run. I don't think that's true. No, but uh, now that he's 1-1, I expect him to win another. You do. Uh, you know, this is, again, yeah, he's not afraid, as you pointed out, right? This guy is just ready to go to battle. He's done well in the Ryder Cup, and now that he's won one of these, he's in his 20s, right? He's young, and he wants to be better than Spieth and Thomas and Ricky. He wants to be talked about. So uh, will he win the U.S. Open? No, I'm not going to make him the favorite for that. But I think he can win one in his days for sure. Dave, before we let you go, uh, what's happening with you on the circuit? Are you going to be playing anywhere that people should come out and see you, or uh, are you touring? What's uh, what's going on in your life? Yeah, I'm actually off to the uh, Winnipeg Comedy uh, Festival this week. I'm taping uh, a gala for TV on Thursday, hosted by uh, uh, I Am Chris Jericho, who I believe is oh, a friend of the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, so we're going for the laughs. The laughs of Jericho are going to be coming out on. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Are you going to catch any uh, playoff games because uh, they're in town on uh, Wednesday and Friday night? I just uh, texted. I'm lucky enough to be friends with uh, Kevin uh, Shovel Dayoff and uh, Matt Hendricks. Uh, so I just reached out to both of them with a very subtle, I'll be in town Wednesday, hint, hint. Uh, with nothing to do, I don't know what you guys are up to, but I'd be free to, oh, I don't know, watch the game or something yeah, yeah. from a great seat. Exactly. Uh, awesome. But, uh, uh, before I let you yeah, go. It's the first time uh, they've been in the playoffs during the festival, so it's going to be a really exciting time to be in town. Just want to throw that. Like, we should talk about Adam Hadwin a little bit uh, and and uh, how he played. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't get a chance to talk a lot about Canadian golf. For Adam Hadwin, um, you know, some some decent certainly had a, had a great Thursday, but that, that, that maybe a lot of people have great Thursdays. Where are we where are we saying he is in terms of Canadian golf? Is he someone that um, you think can you know? Again, uh, it was a T twenty four, but um, what did you make of his performance on the weekend? Well, it's great because uh, being on the leaderboard and having people watch you and look at you, uh, you know, at any level, especially at his point in the career, it only helps. It all helps. Just being in the hunt and having these shots be, you know, more important than usual is a different pressure on your body. And hitting good shots under pressure only helps you in your career going forward. So I think he had a pretty solid tournament. And I liken it to comedy, you know, when you do tough shows, Every time you survive one, you get a little piece of rhino skin, right? <laughs> so yeah. I think he's got a good layer of rhino skin going forward. So I could see him contending in future majors and having a great season. Like hey. he might be there in the U.S. He might be there, maybe not the British, but the PGA uh, because of this experience. So uh, could he win a, a ma- Masters in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Hey, Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We haven't talked to you in a while. Great to catch up. Have a good time in Winnipeg, and we'll talk to you when you get back. Cheers, guys. I'll tweet you some pics from the fest. Do that.
<laughs> that yep. is, that is uh, Dave Hempstead, and maybe some pictures from uh, from his excellent seat. That's watching it. the uh, Jets in the playoffs. I didn't know he had a relationship with the Jets general manager and uh, one of their uh, core group, uh, uh, Matt Hendricks, who's actually on IR right now, but he's still with the team and uh, hoping to get back if the playoffs last longer than we hope. Well, Dave, it was a uh, great Masters uh, on the weekend. The winner, Patrick Reed. I realized that uh, I did not have him, uh, not in my pool, and of course... I didn't uh, wager on him as as well, so therefore I was not as pleased to uh, see mm. that victory. And uh, seeing what my son was saying about him, I take it that he didn't like Pat either. No, there was a lot of Patrick Reed uh, jokes going on uh, in public and in private. I didn't want him to win on social I d- I don't, media. I didn't want him to win. When a guy calls himself Captain America after a third round. Um, just that pissy attitude, right? You, you you better look like Captain America. Yeah. You you, you better look I mean, like I, I, you set up so your friend, not pretty, your enemy. I'm pretty sure you said he didn't eat Captain America, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. see, these are, this um, is this is what comes out. I mean, for instance, uh, Russell was very mean on Twitter. Stuff he was saying. Was he really? Oh I, yeah. I didn't catch cool. that. Well, Russell's bitter that way. He seems like he's got that cherub kind of face, and then and then it's knives. Knives and arrows when you turn your back on. You don't expect it. Yeah. Eh? I could see that. My favorite thing last week was the flyover. The flyover that we did. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, watch it. If you haven't seen it, the Augusta flyover done by the yeah. show was my favorite. U.S. Open, by the way, is in Southampton, New York. So it's oh. uh, it's on the East Coast. And uh, that is the, oh, geez, the weekend of the... June 7th or something? June 11th? I'm not sure. Somewhere in that range. Uh, so uh, U.S. Open still uh, still a bit of ways. Um, Tiger Woods is doing nothing at that tournament, by the way. So uh, don't don't bet on Tiger Woods. I, I wasn't even remotely engaged by that story. You know me. I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. Simply because, you know, at this point, he's not going to get back to the almost surreal greatness that he had earlier on in his career. Um, and not surprisingly, people aren't great forever. So I don't expect a ton. And, and guys who shoot, what, uh, plus one for a tournament? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to follow that. Uh, you know, Then you might as well follow, follow Adam Hadwin, who was uh, one under for the tournament. Tied to, you know, it just, to me, it's it's what is the what is the big story? Well, the big story was, uh, at least on that Sunday, was, uh, and I thought Spieth was going to catch him. If Spieth didn't catch him, it certainly was going to be uh, – uh, Ricky Fowler. Oh, it was tight. Yeah. I was hoping it was going to be Ricky just because of the side bet, right? So the the pinata bet. That would have been great. 76 Oh, that's to right, one. too. Yeah, the pinata. The magic of the pinata. Yeah. Speaking of magic. It will be out again for the NHL playoffs. By the way, sportsinteraction.com. Get in on that bonus as well. Up to 200 bucks. Stanley Cup playoffs start on Wednesday. Yeah. Just Once telling again, you. So you've got until... Uh, I got rid of that uh, sound effect. Okay, um, here's what we're going to do, and this is this is kind of uh, interesting. If you're a CFL fan, mm. are you still looking forward to uh, Jonathan Manziel? Yes. Eh. He's going to have to do a lot of scrambling like he did in the spring league. So, well, if if, if you watch the uh, oh yeah, this thing's really Get ready cooperating for the today. Broken plays. The, the, that developmental league. Um, I don't. What, what are they calling it? Actually, I don't even know what they're calling it. I thought it was like a spring league or something. Spring league, yeah. spring. Okay, go. We'll there. go with this music because this this probably doesn't apply. But when you watch the level of football, I don't know what you take from it. No, like even if you're the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I don't know. So here's a look. I guess proper to the NFL. I don't know if this is even. If I'm I'm giving a courtesy here, but uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Yeah, do it. So here we are watching the gridiron as the spring league takes place like a four-act play. No, I'm sorry, I can't even NFL. Uh, okay, so the first play you're going to see here, Dave, is going to be a completion where it looks like the guy who received it. Ball kind of hung up a little bit. He almost dies. Watch this. Watch the hit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I may not have. That may not have been my favorite pass. And then from here on in. The offensive line is, uh, while to be nice, slightly porous. Hmm. Yes. That is nice. Uh, well, it sounds nice, but if you're the quarterback, 
not as good. No. So there's just a lot of, as you said, a lot of broken plays. Uh, you know, it, it can be pretty sloppy, thus the kind of nature of that league for guys who are looking to catch on who are under contract for uh, anyone in the NFL. So You know what it looked like? It looked like, um, you know, uh, church football where everybody gets a catch. <laughs> and, and, and you're sitting in the huddle on your knee and you go, you go that way. You yeah, you go by the car. You're the you stick. Turn, and I'm going to run to my right and is that, somebody's going to be Russell's it all over or is it still going? There's more? All right, let's do it. Yeah, that's... Now, looks like it's a second and 10 from the 46-yard line. Menzel calling signals. He's rolling out. Now he's going to pitch it up. Now he's... Oh, he's got a man open. There's the pass, and it is caught. That ball is caught. Well, there it is. So that was excitement. There you go. Spring League. Spring League. Spring League. Catch yeah. the fever. <laughs> Just do it. Spring League. Sign me up. Spring League. Bill half price. That's right. <laughs> Better be if you're going to go Spring that. League. Prostitutes under the stands. Happy endings for Spring League. <laughs> really? That's part of the promotion? That's what I'd be doing, yeah. Topless Tuesdays, Spring League. Catch the fever. Spring League. Breasts. I don't know. I don't know why people will go and uh, catch that thing. I just think that, you know, he's got to do anything he can. I I think he will probably still eventually end up in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I uh, want to see him. I want to see what he can do. But so do I. I mean, I have, a, curious I have a curiosity to, to it. To, see what he does. to say that you don't. Like, oh, yeah. This guy's watching first game for sure. I'm not watching it. Yes, you are. Nope, for sure you are. That's going to be a rating bonanza. Then this, the crowd will be uh, – and you know what? They start off on the road too, eh? Hamilton's in Alberta for back-to-back games. Eskimos, Stampede. So. If you're a Tiger fan, it's not – even when they're good, it's they not, don't play well out no. there. No. <laughs> Hate it. <laughs> That's that. Like, like if you're a Tiger fan and you got Johnny Manziel – you're hoping your first game's like the the Montreal Alouettes. Totally, That's what you're hoping. <laughs> you're, you, you, you are because I'll tell you what you were playing in Calgary. What probably should be the angriest team in the history of football. Better be the crowd is angry, the uh, city's angry, ownership's angry, the quarterbacks they're all angry because you can't say unfinished business. You say unfinished business in that city, boy. I'll tell you better. You better have a barricade because they don't want to hear it. Like, nope. Literally, everyone's sitting there the whole season with their arms full of going. Yeah. And uh, we win again. We're ten to zero. Hmm. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was there a trophy at the end of that game? Because I'm only gone. Where is the trophy? Because <laughs> that, that that's the, that's what that's what's happening right now. So Hamilton's going out there. So hey true. fellas, how's it going? Want to play? Want to so play a game of football? True. Oh, that's going to be ugly. Very ugly. Uh, before we move on, the Blue Jays take out uh, Texas. Yep. Uh, Cole Hamels got lit up uh, like immediately. Yeah, I know. Cole yeah. Hamels isn't the Cole Hamels we used to bet on, kids. Yeah, and get we, ready for his next start. And I and I did bet uh, in, in days gone by. Yep. Cole Hamels like, oh, Cole all right. Hamels was a big time winner. Yeah. Oh, totally. Not no more. No. And he plays on a big loser team, by the way. Texas is going to stink. Yeah. Texas might be the worst team in that division. Good saying a lot. Because Seattle, we're looking at you too. Good teams to bet on. Houston Astros. <laughs> Fantastic. And by the way. Even the run line, whatever it is, I'll take it. Shohei Atani looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. You know what he looks like? He looks like what people said. Yes. Because <laughs> I don't believe Dick Hall from a people like, you wouldn't believe it. He can jump over a house. No, he can't. I'm pretty sure he can't. You know what? I think he can. I, I think he can jump over a house. <laughs> I mean, a guy who's got uh, a batting at, or more home runs than Aaron Judge. Yep. He's got more uh, strikeouts than uh, Max Scherzer or whatever. Like, Unreal. Like, like it's 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 just weird that he could actually be. Because I'll be I'll, I'll be honest, you know, everything that you Darvis was supposed to be. I'm not saying that at some point there wasn't a level of wow. He was okay. Yeah. Know? No, he was, he was good. But it's not this. This is different. This is completely different. This is the this is a kind of athlete that we. Well, could he be the kind of athlete that we've never seen in, in before? Because yes. you know, Bo Jackson, you know, two-sport guy, Deion Fantastic, Sanders. Fantastic, awesome. You know? I love Bo Jackson. Yeah. Still have cross-trainers of the day just because of Bo Jackson. Uh, if if he could pull off what he was doing, he has a story like none other. There is nothing else that compares about it because I never, I never saw Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth used to pitch – and used to hit dingers <laughs> religiously, and then he kind of turned more into just a, a hitter that sat in the outfield and so forth. But uh, we've never seen anything like this if it continues. I know we're sitting here on April the tenth yes. or ninth or whatever it is today. Like Ten games in or something. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it was funny listening to some of the people I was with yesterday. Jays are in second place. 
Yeah, take it it's easy. It's April the take eighth. It easy. Then you're gonna have a series with Houston, and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel what that feels like. And then you're gonna have a a, a, so a, a Yankee team that's that's starting Wakes to play. Up, yeah. Like, like I, I I'm people like Jim uh, Carlos Stanton. Wow. Yeah. Struggling. He's yeah. gonna hit 50 bombs this year. Yes. Don't worry. So in late August, early September, when he's hitting everything, he's hitting people. Yeah. You know, he just yep. he's just walking in, into a Sobeys and he's smashing up uh, melons and peaches. <laughs> Like, trust me, he's going to hit everything that comes yes, by. Does yes. he strike out? Of course. That's, yes. He's a bomber. That's, that's what they do. That's part of it, yeah. Yeah, but, but that at some point. And once you've got to spread it out, you know, Aaron Judge is going to sink into his own. You know, I just think that Boston, by the way, they, they're, they're off to a nice start. Yeah, they're, they're off to maybe even a slightly better. They, they need some offense still a little bit. Uh, yeah, and they're a good team. They're, yeah. they're, they're a top two team in that division. They're going to be in the postseason somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're going to have to. Maneuver and manufacture a little bit better offensively speaking. You know, we talk about what basis we talk about uh, going to a, a game with uh, Warren Sockew. Yeah, you, you know the Angels, which mm-hmm. we did, but to see Otani up close, Showtime. Like I, I got to see that. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I got to see that. Yep. And here's something I just want to show you before we go. Now, if you're not a, a baseball guy, which I did not grow up being a baseball guy, this was not a thing for me. I don't know if you'll be able to get the gravity of what I'm about to show you, but here's an example. Of a guy uh, who's who's got the uh, the gun, right? So he's got the gun uh, behind these guys throwing pitches. The guy who's throwing 96 miles an hour, he's constantly throwing over 90. He's got a delivery that doesn't look that good. In fact, the other guy looks like he's more powerful, but by the gun, it's this first guy. So have a look. This is, what does it look like standing behind the, just, I wouldn't say an average guy, but just those that want to be in the sport that can throw 90 plus, which Dave is sort of that, Line in the sand. What does it look like? It, it's not what I thought. What do you think? That was like 96. You can see the number on the gun behind them. See, I thought that guy threw harder, but by the numbers, he doesn't. Here's this guy who kind of, it's sidearm, and he kind of watches how he... He's the one that's 90-plus all the time. Like, see, I thought this guy was the, the bigger of the two, and it, it just it's 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 the opposite of what I thought. Now you, when you played, did guys throw ninety plus? Uh, guys threw low nineties. Yeah. 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 And because, I played against a lot of NCAA college Division one pitchers that that were and, like. And I'm guessing that's what this is. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks like they could be like college. Yeah. Russell, do you think you could hit that ball at ninety six? Do you think? I. Could not hit that to save my life. Yeah, and that is true. I love the honesty of that. You know what I don't like about that? I don't like the way they're changing pitchers so fast and they're making the pitchers throw fast. Like there's there's That's no hard. there's no like like when yeah. you're when you're counting seconds in between pitches, that a pitcher shouldn't be doing that. I, I, unless like they're just your arm's gonna fall off. Yeah, unless you're just showing off to fall. You know, it's just like okay when when I used to. This is stupid, but when I go to the exhibition, CNE, whatever, yep. and there's a speed gun, as a kid, the dumbest thing you can do is go up there Try to throw your arm off. and throw your arm off first pitch because you're not necessarily there to win one of the helmets, although they're, they're fantastic. Yep. You want to see a number on the board. If you're going to go there, don't do that. Don't do that for the love of God because, yeah, something serious will happen to your arm because you're not supposed to pick up a ball – Warm it up and just gear back and throw like a maniac. Yeah, and I've done that way too many times. <laughs> I, I do it whenever there's uh, if, if it's a tennis serve. I always say, "Give me that racket." I'll yeah, show, I'll show seriously, you something. You're not supposed to do that. And then and the that, next that's day, what they look like they're doing yeah, there, and it, it's and it, that's controlled too. Okay, here's the weirdest moment for me. So uh, we go to a golf tournament. It was the Team 1050, mm-hmm. the Team 1050 at this point. I'm out there. Haddles there. Organize this tournament for and Walter Gretzky. With all the Gretzky's, Keith Gretzky's there, and I'll tell you what half those Gretzky's were doing. And then there was this. Uh, I get it. This uh, we're waiting to go to uh, some bar, so I've got stuff in the back of the uh, of the uh, of the vehicle. So I get out there, and Mark Holmes, the lead singer from Platinum Blondes, in the truck. Right, he's in the passenger Very side. Cool. So we get out there, and I start serving the ball. And he goes, "Oh, so we talk. Oh man, sort of. It's a little. It's a little uh, Austin Powers like. It's, it's it's weird. He goes. He goes. Oh baby, I could." I could teach you something to improve yourself. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you can't. Mm-hmm. 
You can't. Uh, <laughs> Did you sing, sing any songs back at him? We cranked his tunes all the way and were screaming it in his face. And? Guys were punching him in the back of the head who he golfed with. They were all from Levi's. Oh. The company's Levi's. Okay. They only get him. I was a big Honeymoon Suite they, they only get him. I still am a Honeymoon But Platinum Suite. Blonde, every song. You know that? Or you said Platinum Blonde. Platinum Blonde, yeah. Not, I think you said Honeymoon no, no, Suite. No, no, okay. Platinum Blonde. Oh, no. Okay, he's not bad, too. No. Honeymoon so, Suite. No, no, because this is the fall in English. You know when you hear the song, Are You Sitting Comfortably? You know, that, that thing he goes, he goes, That was my mom. I don't know why I'm doing that voice. It's just, it's just a weird. It's a weird thing. But this is a weird show today. Let's be honest. It, uh, look at this. Not even. Is this even going to work? Let's try it. Little loud. Little loud. What? So we got some breaking news to tell you about for tomorrow's guest. Darcy Tucker will not be joining us because they've canceled it because of what's happened in Humboldt. He yeah. will be on the show next week. Understandable. So, to- so, so tomorrow we have a special hockey guest that I will confirm a little bit later on today. So check the Twitter account, social media. Darcy Tucker next week. He's canceled everybody. Yeah, Alberta boy. Um, Speaking of a guy that's drove uh, buses since he was probably 12. It's by cereal. I'm trying to think of where they're from. They're, they're, it's from Hannah. I think he's from Han- Hannah, Alberta. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So we'll, we'll get to him next week. Let's get ready to Once again, if you want to donate money, the GoFund is available online for those involved with the Humboldt Broncos. Once again, our prayers and thoughts go out to the parents, the organization, and the town. That was a very, very tough story and will continue to be that. So prayers and thoughts.